1: the Zone on the Fan. Good morning. Happy first Saturday of August. Happy five days away from Vikings football. Wonderful to be with you as always on this chilly Saturday morning. I'm Dave Sinekin, joined as always by my partner Double T, the professor of hoopology, Trent Tucker. What's up, T? What's doing, Davey? How was your week? My week was good. Yours? Yeah, I'd say uneventful, but uh solid week. Kids are mostly all away right now, so it's uh kind of quiet in the house. Well, you know, that can be good and bad. It's mostly good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, responsibilities have been ratcheted down a little bit. Uh I got a lot of golf coming up here in the next seven days, including you're, Greg Coleman's big event on Tuesday. I always love to you're play. you playing playing that. I am. Okay. Played in that one for probably 15, 16 years. Yeah. What about Steph Curry? He can play a little golf, can't he? he can shot a couple seventy fours in a in a that's like the minor league golf tour. Well, it's still pretty good. Of course it is. All right. That's fantastic. Was it the web.com or something? I think that is what they call it. Something okay. like that. I guess his short game is magician like, which is amazing because that's the toughest part of the well, game. Well,
2: he has very good hands. You can see that yes, on the basketball does. court. Yes, he does. And that coordination is there.
1: But you think long distance might be his forte since it is in basketball.
2: Well, probably doesn't play enough. You know.
1: he's a little guy.
2: Well, he has a day job too. Yes, he does. Yeah, for about nine months out of the
1: year. Yes, he does. But uh, he seems to have mastered the game. How tall is Steph? 6'2"? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, That's about right. It's not too small for a No, actually it's not. It's it's probably (laughs) taller. But he's so little. It's so light. You know, he's just sort of slight in build. But uh, in about uh, 25 years, he could play in the 3M event, which is going on in Blaine this weekend. He'll be a a senior player. Maybe he'll uh, give that a shot if he chooses to. Or he could just own a team. They'll have enough money to. He may retire and try to pro tour. He might. Yeah, he has enough money already. I think Tony Romo would have liked to have. Enough uh, championships. Given that a shot. He has two championships. How many championships will Steph have when he hangs them up? Will he have more than Kobe, who has five?
2: He has two now.
1: You got to figure the Wolves will steal one or two. I'm going to say he would tie Kobe. Really? He'll win five. And that, three more. In that eclipse. All right. That's a pretty bold statement. They're going to win three more. Well, they're right. You know, if they stay together as they are. Well, they're all willing to take less money. To, I mean, it's such a different era now that I don't see how they don't stay together. Yeah. I think injuries are all that slow them down.
2: Well, I mean,
1: you know, right now
2: in the Western Conference,
1: you know, which which
2: team can challenge them the most to knock them off? Uh Chris Paul goes to
1: Houston. You know. You're not sold on that team being a – not yet. You know. I don't know how they're going to jail together. Well, they have to I, trade I, their whole bench away to get Chris Paul.
2: But I have to see how this how this tandem comes together between James Harden and Chris Paul.
1: I think they're going to be fantastic together. Because I don't think I know Harden led the league in assists, but I still don't see him as a point guard. I, I don't think he needs the ball in his hands. He's He's
2: a ball dominating guy. And Chris Paul is the same. They believe they can play together. They believe they can play off one another. It's going to be interesting to see how Mike D'Antoni puts this all together. And when you have two guys who play pretty much the same style, that's when you kind of lose your balance. But it's going to be
1: interesting to watch. It is for sure. And and for the first time in most people's memory, the, the Wolves are considered one of those, you know, top four, or five in the West teams, at least at this point, and we don't know if a major trade is brewing or not for Kyrie. That that talk has kind of died down, and um, I think it's going to be a while before the Cavs find the right package that uh, will allow them to part with their mercurial point guard. Um, it's August, so it's not really NBA time for us. We will talk a lot of NFL football today. Uh, football is in the air. It's August. By the time we sit down here next Saturday, we'll be reviewing the Vikes' first preseason game Thursday night at Buffalo. So it's just, um, it's so much fun to be at that time of the year where we're going to watch real live football. I was one of the sick people that watched a good chunk of the Hall of Fame game the other night. Again, kids not home, you know, just kind of hanging out. And it was football. And I was curious to watch. And, it, you know, I was kind of reading as I was watching. I wasn't just glued to the set, but I. I wanted to watch a little football. And it was great to have it back. I remember. I mean, last year the Packers were supposed to play in that game, and the field was not safe to play. Remember that the turf yeah. was uh, was not safe to play on, so the game was canceled. I think for the first time in, in Hall of Fame history. Next year, the Vikes could very well play in that game with Randy Moss likely to be enshrined in the Hall of Fame. I could see a Ravens Vikings Hall of Fame game because I think Ray Lewis and and Randy Moss are the two biggest names likely to join the class, which will be enshrined tonight in uh, in Canton, Ohio. Uh um, who's going in? Kurt Warner's going in. Uh your Kurt favorite Warner? kicker, okay. Morton Anderson's going in. Morton Anderson. Kenny Easley, the uh, the great defensive player back yeah. in the day for the Seahawks. Um Jerry Jones is going in. Terrell Davis, maybe the most controversial member of the class because his his window is about four years of greatness and that's uh he was pretty good in, in, in those four well, years. Well, terrific, couple yeah. Super Bowls, but it's going to open the door to a lot of players who had similar type of careers. I think of, you know, for my team, Sterling Sharp was a guy that might have a case now when you look at, um, you know, injury-shortened his career, but when he played, he was as good as anybody at that position. So a lot of players with shorter careers now are going to say, hey, if Terrell Davis can get in, uh, why can't you look at me? So he, he goes in, and I think I'm forgetting... Maybe one other player, but it's just not coming to me right now. So it's a pretty good class, though, with Kurt Warner leading the way and one of the great stories of uh, of all time. Yeah. guy that was stocking shelves at a grocery store, I think, in Iowa when uh, he got the call. Um, started in Packers camp, but Green Bay had Favre, Brunel, and Ty Detmer, I believe.
2: Boy, they made a mistake, didn't they?
1: <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you got Brunel and Favre. You've got two really good quarterbacks. There just wasn't room for him. A lot of teams. Nah, missed. that's true. A lot of teams missed and whiffed on on Kurt Warner. So lots of, uh, of football talk today. We're going to talk a lot of purple as uh, they will play tonight in front of a big crowd at Blake'sley. It's, uh, I think, a 7 o'clock to 9.30 practice tonight and then fireworks following. So sort of the big send-off to Mankato tonight because they break camp Tuesday. When they head to Buffalo, they're done with Mankato. It's such a different era now where – your training camp is, is a couple weeks, and, and that's it. So, this is sort of the big send off tonight for Viking fans. Kind of bittersweet. Your last really fun night in Mankato tonight. And then, as we know, next year they'll be uh, parked in Egan uh, for the foreseeable future.
2: You know, training camps can be long. And I remember my first training camp as a rookie, it lasted 30 days. Wow. So, the entire month of October. and But if you have a new team, a young team, you may spend more time at training camp because. The coaches are trying to get the young guys, you know, up to speed as quickly as they can. You know, there's so many different things you want to put in. And for new guys coming into the league for the first time, it's a huge adjustment. But when you have a veteran team and guys who have been there four or five or six years, you can begin to shorten training camp because they know the
1: system. Yeah, and it's just the way the league is is going now. There's so much less uh... – padded practice where they're hitting each other it just it does make for some rockier football to start but it also protects the players we've seen a number of players already go down before Tannehill. any preseason games yeah that's the the most significant one is Ryan Tannehill's knee and what a tough situation for that team Trent because he hurt it last year in December missed the last quarter of the season and they decided against the surgery they said it was partially torn and they felt like he could he could make it and we saw both ACL partially torn or meniscus uh, ACL, say, oh, ACL ACL, oh, okay. and so it got tweaked again and now they're contemplating surgery again and if they do have the surgery he's out for this season and they're looking for a quarterback and that's going to be an interesting discussion because there are a number of big names including Jay Cutler who had his best season with Adam Gase the head coach of Miami when he was in Chicago and, and Teddy Bridgewater's name has actually been linked and I want to talk a bit about that in our our next segment but Yeah, we all do the dance every August. Let's just get through the minefields that are training camp practices, preseason games. Let's not lose anybody major, as as the Pack did with with Jordy Nelson a couple seasons ago in a preseason game. Uh, You just don't, and obviously we know what happened to Teddy last year. Uh, You just want to just get through and, and be as healthy as you can for week one. Well, I mean,
2: it can happen in practice. I mean, you know, Tannehill was, was trying to escape someone, and all of a sudden the knee goes out. Teddy Bridge wanted no contact, his, mm-hmm. his, his knee went out. So injuries are a part of the game, and you would like to get through training camp for sure an entire season not losing your best players. And we all know when you can keep a team healthy and sound throughout the season, it, it gives you a great chance to find success. But if someone goes down, it's his next man up, and, and you're hoping that you, you have Acquired enough quality players, you know, who can step in and fill the void. It's hard to, you know, to have a, a quality quarterback that can come in off the bench and give you the same type of play that the starter is is going to give you. That's impossible. I think. But 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 you're hoping that, that that guy that plays behind him is good enough to to keep things moving forward.
1: Yeah, and you know, for the Vikes, they're you know certainly give a lot of reps to their number two and number three with with Teddy sort of not being in the picture at the present time. Um, Case Keenum, Tyler Heineke, those guys are going to get a lot of reps to see if one of those guys steps up to to be the guy behind Sam. Got to have that guy. I mean, the Colts right now, I think a lot of the fans in Indy are questioning why Scott Tolzien has just sort of been given that job. They didn't bring anybody in knowing that Andrew Luck may not be ready to start the season after dealing with injuries the last couple years. And, you know, Tolzien, when he was in Green Bay, showed a little and I guess enough to get a contract in Indy. But I'm surprised the Colts haven't brought a veteran in there to compete with him because there's a very good chance Andrew Luck is not going to be ready once the season starts.
2: And it shows you you know that the quarterbacks, you know, uh, no matter the size you are, cannot take that type of pounding consistently. I mean, he was running and he was taking some serious shots with a very scary
1: offensive line in front
2: of him. And then all of a sudden, you know, those, you know, that wear and tear began to, you know, take a toll on your body. And and if your offensive line you know, it can't protect you as well as, as it should. It does put the quarterback in in a very difficult position.
1: I'm reminded by emailer uh, Ed in St. Paul, the other member of the class, just the second greatest LT of all time, LaDainian Tomlinson, also in uh, in this class as well, probably the headliner, along with Kurt Warner. I just for some reason spaced that. Uh, LT uh, joins the class as well. Thanks, Ed, for that reminder. All right, Well, step away first time. Uh, we welcome calls, emails today. We want to talk some football, some Vikings football? The NBA is always welcome as well. Uh, but we'd love to hear from you locally, 651 989 5326, or toll free, 800 320 5326. Email. back 8:20 on a Saturday morning you're in the zone on the fan we that means we are just about an hour and 40 minutes away from the 2017 debut of Fantasy Football Weekly makes its triumphant return today the boys will be i believe for the first time ever broadcasting from the Shell Brewery in New Ulm an outstate broadcast to kick off their season today uh, so please uh it's not too early to start thinking about fantasy football as we'll uh, have the boys following us at 10 Two weeks from today is the annual Fantasy Football Training Camp where they'll broadcast from the Canterbury Park Expo Center and then have the two-hour program following the broadcast, which culminates in a mock draft that I'll participate in again along with a number of uh, fan and other local luminaries. So hope to see many of you out to two weeks from today uh, for a Fantasy Football Training Camp at Canterbury Park. I was out at the track last night, made a few bucks Perfect night to be outside at the track. It was gorgeous. Yeah. Just a gorgeous night. Uh, lots of fun. So um, those that weren't at the track, likely some of you were at Target Field uh, for a Twins game, which became, uh, sounds like a pretty fun night with Bartolo Colon going the distance at 44 years of age in a Twins win. Bartolo? 8-4. to Becomes the oldest twin to pitch a complete game at 44 years and change. And the oldest in the majors since... And the idea who was the oldest? Nolan Ryan back in '92 was 45 years of age, and he still threw that fireball fastball even at that age, and that curveball. Very few guys have a curveball that moved like Nolan Ryan's to go with a guy threw as hard as anybody when he was out there. Well,
2: that's why it's, it's amazing, you know, to me when you you talk about you know guys of yesterday, you know, the Nolan Ryans and the Bob Gibsons. You know, and some of the great pitchers during that time, where they never came out. You know, you know, they were going to pitch. You know, you know, deep into the deep into the game. Yeah. You know, seven, eight innings. You didn't have a lot of relievers. You know, stacking up big saves as you as you do today, and with all of the technology, and it seems like players today are more conditioned, trainers, nutrition, and. We are lucky on most nights if we can get five or six innings out of the starters. Right. But back in the day when you didn't have all these things in place, these guys were still able to pitch deep into ball games.
1: Yeah, and outside of the closer, and there was always, you know, close. You go back to the Dennis Eckersley, Bruce Suter, you know, that Raleigh Fingers, that era. There was always a, a number of closers, but the setup guys were just sort of the the extra guys on your staff that just, you know. They never got in. No. I mean, if a guy gets <laughs> shelled maybe, but otherwise, yeah, you expected your starter to go seven or into the eighth inning and then let your closer close it out and not just pitch to two batters. Closer sometimes went an inning in two-thirds.
2: You know, I was watching the game the other night between the Dodgers and the Giants, and, you know, one of my all-time favorite pitchers is, is Madison Bumgarner. Gun- Bun- Bun- mm-hmm. And, you know, this guy can pitch. And he was and he was in sync the other night uh, against the Giants. It was a it, Knicks the Dodgers. It was a very good game. It was like one nothing. And, and I love those games. And, and, and he was humming along, you know. And but all of a sudden I, I turned my head, and it took him out. Hmm. Like, what are you taking about the game for? Hmm. You know, you know, here's a guy that has the stuff, has the power, has the stamina, but also has the credentials and he has shown in the past, you know, that he can finish off games with, with the best of them. Well, I was very surprised at that time, you know, to see the the skipper from the, from the Giants take him out.
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't know. Maybe he said, "Hey, I got nothing left, or I got a little, my ankle hurts, or something." I mean, he might have asked to come out, but, I, but... he was humming
2: along. I mean, he was. I mean, he was. He, his location was fantastic. The fastball had that extra zip, you know. The curveball kept the kept the batters off stride. But I was surprised to to see them take him out. And as soon as he left the game. The Dodgers tied the game. They up. did, yeah, just like that. And somehow, someway, the Giants was able to win that game. I believe in extra innings. But it's just amazing to me to to see, you know, when you have a guy, you know, who has been there before, and he has all the tools to finish off a game, you know, why certain managers would, would take him out and, and go to that reliever.
1: it's amazing to me that you're watching a Giants-Dodgers game in August. You were you were the one in Minnesota watching. That that's game. true. Uh, good for you. <laughs> let's uh, let's head to the zone lines and see what our friend John of Minneapolis has on his mind this morning. John, good morning. You're in the zone. John, you with us? Uh, good,
3: good morning, fellas. How That's y'all how, doing? Well, I just want to
1: make sure you were still with us. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. here. All right.
3: Uh, happy NBA, uh, in this case, as the NBA phase, football appears. Day to you, Mr. Tucker. All right. Uh, I wanted to ask a question about uh, – I heard about the scraping that's been going on at Vikings training camp, uh, and it's kind of funny. I, I kind of knew I, I hadn't had a chance to know who was fighting, but I, I was praying that it was Laquan Taylor was in it, and come to find out it was. I said that's good because Exum tried to beat the NFL into him. It is that 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 light switch hasn't been flipped yet. I was kind of hoping it was because he knows that Michael Floyd going to get suspended and everything, and, and he got a chance to really you know, show his worth. I, I, I'm just surprised that that dude is not really getting it. Hopefully he will. I hope so. But, Mr. Sinegan. Yes, sir. Uh, what's this I hear about Kenny King being hurt already? Wasn't he supposed to be y'all big boy that y'all wanted in the draft? That's what I heard. Uh, what's going on with him? And you know what I'm getting ready to ask you. Again, I will keep asking you this until I find out he's being cut. Is Laquan – I mean, is Troy Guyon still a part of your football
1: team? <laughs> yeah, and thanks for the call, John. You're out. Um, yeah, he is. I know. Uh, we talked about it last week. I'm not in favor of it. I don't know that he'll be on the team once the season starts, although a couple of defensive linemen have already dropped out with injuries. So uh, he's kind of a security blanket at this point. Laquan, Laquan Treadwell um, – is down with a calf injury right now and has missed, uh, I think, a few practices. I don't think it's serious, but he is right. There is a big-time opportunity for the number one draft pick to step in this preseason and show that he has made that that leap. And it's not that unusual, trend for wide receivers to not do too much their rookie year. Some do, some don't. Um, but he was a guy, when you're drafted in the first round, you, you do expect production out of your first-year wide receiver. This year, after Thielen stepped up last year, Stephon Diggs, um, there is an opportunity there for to be the number three guy. Yeah, Michael Floyd projects to be that guy once his suspension is over, but I'm sure most Viking fans are really anxious to see if they
3: can know. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
3: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
0: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case,
1: I pronounce you lucky.
3: Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary, void were prohibited by law. 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.
1: What is uh, a difference this, this preseason? And I don't know if he's going to play Thursday night. If he's been out this whole week with a calf, uh, he's going to have to get on the field quick. Maybe tonight uh, he'll be back. But I'm um, sure most... Viking fans, when you list the the ten things Viking fans want to see this preseason, Treadwell's development, I would think, has to be pretty high on that list. Well, if he gets
2: on the field, you know, that's gonna be a difference. Yeah. Because last year he never got on the field. Correct. And we you never and we never got a chance to, to see any anything from him a year ago. But you know you know, either he either he has it or he, or, or, or he or he doesn't. And that's that's what it's gonna come down to. And I know fans are, are hoping to see something different. Uh they would like to for him to show, you know, that he can play at this level, because when you're drafted in the first round, many people believe that you should be good enough, you know, to play at this level, whether as a starter or as a reserve.
1: Especially right away. Right.
2: But you know, uh we'll find out in time, you know, you no know, whether he has it or not.
1: John asked about the Packers top pick, Kevin King who missed a couple practices this week with a shoulder injury. Uh, everything I've read, it's minor, and they're just being really careful. And there are uh, plenty of cornerbacks that are looking for for playing time in Green Bay, the, the biggest need position to to step up. And it sounds like the biggest name uh, that's, that's made that jump so far is Quentin Rollins, the third-year corner, the former second-round pick, has been the best player in that group. And that's what I was hoping was between Randall and Rollins, if one of those guys can – bounce back at least one from last year's disappointing injury-plagued year, then that cornerback group's going to be better, with Devon House coming over from Jacksonville and Kevin King being drafted early. Uh, Rollins is turning heads, and that's a good uh, sign for Green Bay. But Kevin King, um, no concern at this point that that injury is going to linger. He's, I believe, on track to play Thursday when the Pack opens up in Philly uh, and starts their uh, preseason schedule. We have to pause. Uh, Matt, we'll get to your call. And a number of emails have come in uh, that I want to get to, some uh, some good ones there. So um, we'll come back with that. As we go to break, um, we got a little gift, a little prize to give away. Caller number 11 to 651 989 5326 or 800-320-5326. Caller 11 wins a four-pack of tickets. To the Game Fair, August 11th through 13th and August 18th to 20th. Caller 11, four tickets to the Game Fair. So get your call in now. Trent and I are back with much more right after these.
0: You're in the zone on the fan. Fantasy Football Weekly with Paul Charchi and presented by Greenbelt Lock and Dam Logger. Saturday mornings at 10
1: on the f- always within a stroke or two of each other, even though he plays basically every day and I play maybe once a week. Go figure that. Uh, We're back in the zone, Tucker and Sinekin. We're here till 10, talking lots of NFL today as the season is officially underway, and the Vikes and Packers will open up their preseason schedules on Thursday night. Uh, As I mentioned, I have a number of emails I'd like to get to this segment, but let's begin uh, with a call from Matt, who joins us from Brooklyn Park. Good morning, Matt.
0: Oh, good morning, guys. See, before I get to my topic, I wanted to ask Trent a quick question. Trent, you're from Michigan, but you're not a Lions fan. You're a, giant, you're a Giants fan, right?
2: Yes, and Vikings. Well, got to get oh, that in. Okay,
0: yep. you, you are a Vikings fan too. Oh, the reason for I was sure. Asking, pardon me?
2: I said for sure.
0: Um, the reason I was asking is I can see why you wouldn't be a Lions fan. I don't even know why I am. Half the <laughs> but um, I was wondering, are you a Giants fan because of your time with the Knicks? Or, and I think this is what it is, you're just trying to antagonize Dave. <laughs> the, Giants, the Giants have been kind of pesky with the Packers in this year.
1: They weren't that while, pesky in January when we blew them off the field at Lambeau,
0: however. <laughs> well, I don't, Dave. I guess I'm going back to when, when you're yeah. number four quarterback. I yeah. know. But yeah. this year, though, Dave, I have to tell you, I'm thinking that the Packers and the Falcons are going to be in the NFC final. But the Giants could be that one team. But anyway, Trent, you try to antagonize Dave from time to time. So I just thought that might be it.
1: So why are but, you a Giants fan officially? Why am I a Giants fan? Yeah, because he was he was guessing. But why? Well, I became a Giants
2: fan when I when I was in New York, and you know I got to know a lot of the guys who played on the
1: team at that time.
2: And then I had one of my, you know, Flintstonians and Carl Banks who who played for the Giants during during that time as as well. And you but,
1: loved LT more than was natural. Perhaps
2: the greatest football player ever. Perhaps. Perhaps Lawrence
1: Taylor. Yeah. yeah perhaps. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what else you got, Matt? Um, you know what I'm wondering, you guys? I, I, I want to talk about that quarterback and that Tannehill thing. I'm always fascinated by the media. Okay, you know how you, we've always heard that phrase, the names out there? For years with coaches, it was Gruden, Dungy, Cower, and Nick Saban, and none of them ever came back. And in Saban's case, he, he's never going to leave Alabama. Now it's with quarterbacks. Within hours after that Tannehill thing, I think it was on Thursday, they're throwing out names. Kaepernick, I can see. But they threw out Tony Romo. If Tony, Ro- in my opinion, if Tony Romo wanted to be playing, he would have never signed on with CBS because he just wouldn't, because he knew he'd be the first guy picked up. So he's never going to play again. You can only break your neck and back so many times. Then they threw out Jay Cutler. I know he's got a relationship with that Adam Gates. I don't think for a second. Maybe they've talked. I don't think for a second he's going anywhere. He he wouldn't leave the job before he even does his first assignment, because if he did, chances are he never gets that gig again. So what I'm wondering, you guys, is why does the media just throw these names out there? Are they trying to be so desperate to get the story first, or are they trying to just act like they're smarter than everybody else? It's nice talking to you guys. I'll listen offline.
1: All right. Thanks for the call, Matt. It's probably a little from both columns. I I did not hear Romo's name brought up at all. I mean, Romo walked right into the number one CBS TV job. That's that's a job that does not open up very often and we don't know how he'll do. They practiced, he and Jim Nance practiced for the first time at the Hall of Fame game, not on the air, but just to try to get some chemistry going. So Romo to me that that ship has sailed. I understand the Cutler, Cutler's 34, his time in Chicago was over. They're a bad team looking to find a young quarterback. They had no interest in bringing Cutler back. So the idea that, you know, Cutler was looking for a phone call, nobody called Cutler. I I don't doubt for a minute that he would step right into Miami if they offered him the starting job. I don't know that they will. They might say, come here and compete with Matt Moore. But I don't think there's any kind of conspiracy. Let's get the story first. They've already reported Adam Gaze reached out to Cutler on Thursday or Friday and said whatever he said. You know, let's talk. Are you interested in at least exploring the opportunity to come to a playoff team that uh, is probably going to lose its quarterback for the year? And, again, if you didn't hear the story, Tannehill non-contact injury to a left knee, which he – Partially tore the ACL of in December, did not have surgery, and now they're deciding whether he can continue without surgery, just taking some time off, or does he go under the knife and miss the entire season? And that's why speculation is Colin Kaepernick, Jay Cutler, um, there aren't a whole lot of other significant names out there, Trent. But the weird thing to me was Teddy Bridgewater had a couple of tweets Thursday after this happened including one that's been picked up by a lot of people, where he said, God is about to perform another miracle in my life. And you connect the dots and say, wait, what? I mean, do you think that, that Miami would trade for for you who hasn't been cleared to play, and there's not a, a lot of optimism that he'd be healthy enough to play, at least for the first half of this season? Uh, he also liked a tweet uh, where a former Viking and a Dolphin named Demarcus Van Dyke tweeted, give me Teddy Bridgewater after the Tannehill injury, and Bridgewater liked that tweet, then he deleted liking that tweet because he knew it didn't look good. I don't know. I, I find it really a bit odd that, that Teddy's being kind of vocal, if you want to call tweeting vocal, about, hey, here's an opportunity for me. It looks like the Vikes are going to hitch their wagon to Sam. I need to find a place. But why would Miami, looking for a quarterback to step in right now, trade anything or try to make a move on Teddy? It just feels like a really a disconnect for me.
2: I don't know I don't know what to say about that it's yeah
1: yeah it's it's strange I mean, I'm sure Teddy's anxious to get back out there but uh from all we've read uh he is not ready to play and you know whether that's this season or if he needs another year, uh, I think all of us are just hopeful that he can return to the level he was getting to be i mean we we were all very uh, I thought anticipating a big jump last season uh, when the injury happened so uh, the Cutler thing, though, Trent, to me, that's not a large leap. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Now, I think You know, you don't know Cutler has made a ton of money, but he wants, reportedly, to be paid like a starting quarterback if he goes back to the NFL. But he's yeah, Miami's a pretty good situation. Again, you're in a division with New England, so you're playing for a wild card spot. But they reached that wild card last year. They've got some really nice offensive young talent. And Jay Ajayi, the running back who broke through as a rookie, uh Jarvis Landry. Is your boy Kenny Stills Kenny on that squad? Stills, yeah, just, I don't, signed,
2: just signed a new contract with Don't him. want to
1: forget about your yeah. guy, Kenny. So it's it's a really nice opportunity in Miami. I would not be shocked if Cutler spurs uh, spurns uh, Fox and says, you know what, uh, I can't pass this up. Because if you're the Dolphins and you have designs on another playoff run, I mean, Matt Moore is a serviceable quarterback. I don't know if you want him to be your guy if you're thinking you have a playoff-caliber team. The only other name is Kaepernick, and you know what? Why not? I mean, let the the owner of the Dolphins has been vocal about Kaepernick and saying it's a football decision. If I if my football guys say he's going to help us win, I have no problem with it. Well, now we'll see if uh, you know he's going to stand behind football. that.
2: If if it should be about football, and 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 that's what you should be judging Kaepernick on. If you are a football organization, I know there are some things that you know that may come off you know outside of football that. Could cause some, you know, some media attention that you may not want to have. But if it's about football, then if you think he can play and he can help you win, well, then you make a decision based on that. But Jay Cutler, Matt Moore, Colin Kaepernick, you know, based on where Kaepernick started and where he is today, has been a huge drop off. Jay Cutler has been very inconsistent, you know, throughout his NFL
3: career, and Matt Moore.
2: Or you said he's a guy that hasn't been a starter. Uh, he's serviceable, and but with these three names, you know which one would you take? Who do you think out of these three names would give you the best chance to win? And if you think Jake Culler is the guy, and you're willing to give him starter-type money, well, then you ask him to leave uh, his TV dealers to come join you?
1: Yeah, it's uh, gonna be an interesting story here the next week or two once they make a decision on Tannehill. And I think either way. Uh, I would have to think they're in the market what for starter, a quarterback. But what's
2: starter type money now for a quarterback? $20 million?
1: Well, that's higher end. I I, I would think $15 million would be enough. I mean, that's almost a million bucks a game. It seems like that would be sufficient for – I doubt Jay Cutler is making anything like that as a Fox analyst. I think he's on the number two or three Fox team. Um, he's
2: not Troy Aikman, you're saying?
1: I don't believe he's uh, going to be confused with Troy Aikman but behind the mic. But you never know. that He might be a natural. He might yeah. be – Fantastic. Same thing with Romo. We just have no idea.
2: I think Romo is going into a, a much easier uh, position in, in terms of adjusting from, from the field to the booth because Jim Nance is a real pro. I mean, he's he, he's going to be teamed up with one of the best in the game. And when you have someone like that, you know, who's who's sitting beside you, that understands how to set you up, You know, so that you can deliver, you know, the things that you know about about the game to the audience. You know, Tony Romo could not be in a better position by having someone like Jim Nantz.
1: Yeah, no doubt. It's just, is he good? Is is he humorous? Is he able to communicate? You just don't know how guys are going to take to it. It's not the easiest job in the world. No, it's not the
2: easiest job in the world. But you know, you know, Tony Romo is is a communicator. But as a as a as a football fan you know, you like the guy to be humorous here, there, and here, and there, but you want someone that's going to give you knowledge, someone that's going to take you inside the game. He's going to talk about things that the natural eye may not see at this time. You know, that's what I like to see, you know, from from the guys who are analyzing the game. And I think Jim Nance, by him being the pro that he is, will help Tony Romo, you know, bring those things out to the audience.
1: For me, the standards Chris Collinsworth today of all the, the analysts out there, if he can be um... – Similar to, to Collinsworth, in really showing you things uh, that maybe you didn't see live, that, that just he's really good at. And uh, again, he wasn't a great pro. He has a couple, you know, solid career in Cincinnati as a receiver, but who would have thought he'd elevate to become the guy that's as good at communicating uh, the game that you're watching as anybody that we've seen, maybe since Madden? Well, you know, you know guys who don't become
2: great pros, they study the game differently you know, because they have to use certain tools you know, to stay in the game for a very long time. Uh, and to be productive. So their knowledge of the game is, 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 is very, very high. And and when you have someone that you can work with, you know, from from the TV side that knows how to bring those things out of you, they can set you up where you can talk about the things that you know, that's a great partner to have.
1: Uh, I've talked about going to this uh, Bradshaw and Bryant inbox. We have a number of emails I want to get to. Let's grab one now and then a couple basketball ones related to uh, – to the Wolves and front office we'll, we'll hit up in the next segment. Uh, but Nick emailed in and said he's going to go visit the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield uh, and asks if you've ever been there and uh, maybe what to, to check out if he goes.
2: Uh, yeah, I've been there a few times. Uh, I went for uh, a few ceremonies. You know, Patrick Ewan, when he went in, and, of course, Michael Jordan.
1: When you go, do you actually take the time to walk through the exhibits or Are you just there for the ceremony and then the parties that ensue following? I'm I'm,
2: I'm there just for the ceremony. So you didn't – have you ever walked through? Not much. No, I didn't. You know, I I didn't go in a day early. You know, when when Patrick Ewan went in, I went in in the day of. I probably got there a half an hour before the ceremony started. So you don't have much to tell Nick about. And the same thing with Michael Jordan. Yeah, you don't have much to tell Nick about about it. I don't.
1: I was there once as a kid. I think I've told the story. It was one of the family truckster vacations where we loaded up the station wagon in 1976. And went through Canton, Ohio, and saw the Football Hall of Fame, went through Springfield, went to Philly. It was the bicentennial year, so we saw the Liberty Bell and, and all that. And, and Dad, you know, wasn't the age of the internet, so he didn't time things out. We got to the Hall of Fame on a day where I think we had 25 minutes or so before it was closing for the day, and we were leaving. so we couldn't so we raced through uh, the Hall of Fame. And I remember being blown away as a 14 year old kid who loved the NBA. Um, and wished I had three, four more hours to to hang, but we had to to make it quick. So neither one of us can add a whole lot other than you have to visit. You have to check it out, and, and obviously you're planning on doing that. And that's a good thing. And Trent is still bitter that there's not just an NBA Hall of Fame, that it's all just one big basketball Hall of Fame, and all the, <laughs> all the college stars get in as well. He wants his own. NBA Hall of Fame, but that's uh, that's not on the on the docket. That's true. Uh, Alright, we'll pause. One hour down, one hour to go. Uh, lots more NFL conversation in hour number two. We'll answer your emails, and we welcome your call. 651-989-5326 or toll-free 800-320-5326. Much more- We are back. 855 on a... Lovely Saturday morning here in the Twin Cities, first Saturday of August. Trent Tucker, Dave Sinekin with you in the zone until 10 o'clock today. And then we'll hand things off to Fantasy Football Weekly. It returns today broadcasting live from the Shells Brewery in New Ulm, uh, 10 to noon, to get the fantasy season underway. Talked about it earlier. Big kind of send-off night in Mankato tonight as they will break camp on Tuesday uh, full pads tonight, 7 to nine thirty. practice at Blakesley Field, fireworks to follow. I imagine, uh, I don't know how many people, if you fill up Blakesley for a practice, is that, you know, 10,000, 20,000, I don't know, but I, I'm sure they'll fill it up. Don't think there'll be quite as many people as there'll be at Lambeau tonight. They've sold 78,000 tickets for family night at Lambeau tonight for a practice, not a scrimmage, uh, just a practice at Lambeau Field tonight. Are the packs so going to donate that money to charity? Yes. Yep, all that money goes to charity. It's very nice of them. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. What's the ticket price?
2: Five a bucks? Buck? Ten a bucks?
1: Buck? Five or ten bucks, I think. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just went... a, a dollar.
2: Well, two. <laughs> or three. Well, I mean, the money you that's, that's
1: Yeah, that's... Uh, well, can... would, you, would you not pay ten bucks a piece to... Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. We went... Uh, I took the kids about five years ago, and that was when they were still holding, making it a scrimmage. So at least you kind of felt like you were watching somewhat so they... of a game. You... So they
2: made close to a million bucks.
1: Yeah, well, and the, if, if they charge ten, they might you know sell a few beers along the way. Yeah, you know, couple take sales
2: close to a million. bucks.
1: Yeah. some beers, some yeah. I don't know. I don't brats, know what ticket popcorn, prices are. If it's five dogs. or ten. Yeah, they'll they'll fill they'll fill the coffers for sure. So now will concessions as well go to the charity. I can't tell you. I don't know. Oh, I don't. Know I thought anything. you had the insight. I don't know the answer to that. Dave from Shakopee. I'd like to think so. He may know, right? He uh he probably does. will he be there? I don't know. I. Say no, probably. I don't know. I don't keep up with Dave's schedule that and These closely. are your boys. You should know that. Well, he did check in last night because I was in Shakopee at Canterbury. and he, My wife go. posted something on Facebook, and he's like, hey, you're in my backyard. Why didn't you? It was football
2: time. I'm saying hello. You know? I'm thinking Dave should be checking in soon.
1: Yeah, it won't be long. Um, let's get back to the um, Bradshaw and Brian inbox. A couple of basketball-related uh, emails I want to get uh, through here. Here's one from Travis. Any thoughts on the general trend of teams going away from the dual president of basketball operations coaching role? We just learned yesterday that Doc Rivers was stripped of the personnel side of his job he'll just coach. Um, Travis mentions AP Sports Guy commented on it yesterday that it's down to just Tibbs and Van Gundy. And while it's way too soon to judge Tibbs' work with the Wolves, if we again fail to meet the expectations of projected wins, I think I saw 51-ish, should we look at a separation? I think it's a really... A really good question. Now we know Scott Layden is also on staff as the de facto GM, but Tibbs is, from all we know, the final word on all roster decisions, and he does have rare power now. There are just it might just be him and Van Gundy. I haven't done the math. I I think Popovich probably has the final say, although he's got is it uh, R.C. Slocum or whoever the GM is? R.C. Buford. R.C. Buford. That's it. Um, but I'm sure it's it's Pop who gets to make the call. Oh, for sure. And he's earned that with the number of rings he's he's won in in San Antonio. But uh, there are very few guys now with the kind of power Tibbs has. And while we know he's a terrific coach, one of the best, we think, X's and O's guys, we have no idea uh, if he's any good at building a team or spotting talent. And, again, he's not the only guy. They have scouts. They have Layden. But where are you with this? Do you think it's too much for one guy in today's NBA or – um, is has he earned you know, where he is right now? Let's see what he can do, do over the next few years, both building this team and uh, showing progress on the court. Because, Trent, as you know, big expectations already. ESPN yesterday predicted 50 wins uh, for really? Minnesota. 50? 50, which would put them fourth in the West. They had OKC with 49. So uh, I think 31 to 50. Huh? A lot of. A lot of folks are projecting a 4-5 Wolves-OKC first-round matchup. I'll just say right now, sign me up. Let's fast-forward to mid-April, and let's get that series going. (laughs) I'm ready. But back to my question about Tibbs. Where do you stand on that?
2: Uh, I could go either way. I'm not uh, too overly concerned. Come on, take a stand one way or the other. If one guy has has two positions. And I think most coaches, if they can get both positions, they would like to be in that situation because now they, they're not going to fire themselves, and, and they will have the final say-so on personnel moves. And if you look at what the Wolves have de- done so far, you know, doing this offseason, and if, and if Coach Tibbs has been the main guy driving some of these acquisitions, uh, you would have to say he's done pretty well so far. Yeah, I mean,
1: the jury's out. You know, this is obviously a, a huge well, year. Well, now yeah, you with... go out and you trade for Jimmy Butler, yep,
2: right? Yep. And you add him, him to your team. Uh, you make the big move on Rubio, you know, and you go out and pick up. You bring in uh, Jeff Teague, so now you have put your team in a position where. Okay, round two.
0: Name something that's not boring.
3: A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?
0: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: People believe now that you can move into not just a playoff uh, position, but now in the top four or five. So that credit uh, on paper has to go to someone. And if he's the main guy in charge, you would have to give him credit for making some of these moves.
1: and There probably are a few other guys, Trent, with that kind of power. I know in Milwaukee, uh, when Hammond left for Orlando, Jason Kidd, many believe now, has that kind of power. Even though they have a GM, this guy named John Horst, who nobody's really ever heard of, um, many believe that ultimately Kidd has the final say there. There might be a couple other uh, of those situations uh, when it comes to negotiating contracts and all that. You rely on, I think, other people to do some of the dirty work. But um, I mean, the only criticism you may have of of Tibbs is, you know, he's he's very comfortable bringing in guys he knows and he's coached and he understands. And you don't want him to rely too much on that. You know, there was a the worry that you're going to sign Noah last year, who now has an untenable contract in New York. Lou Aldeng has a contract that the Lakers would love to get out from under. And now you paid Gibson big money, a guy you know, the other side of thirty. Who you know maybe his best basketball is behind him, but he's getting huge money. But Tibbs is comfortable with him. What was it a
2: two year deal for, for Gibson? I don't remember if it's two or three. Well, uh, but he, but he's a he's a role player for you. He's a guy that's going to come in and to play a certain role. And and for a guy uh, for a guy where he is today with his career, you know that's the type of money you know that you're getting from certain role players. So that contract may may not be out of sync know with the position compared to other guys who play that same role uh, but you know he most coaches like to bring in guys they know you know guys they are familiar with Didn't I get that you just don't players want to under, lie under, on player, players who understand their system uh, the only concern that you can have with that you don't want guys who are broken down mm-hmm. who can't play you know you know Joe Kim Norler he was a guy that was that was dealing with a ton of injuries And when the Knicks decided to give him that type of money, that was a bad deal. Not because he couldn't play uh, from a basketball standpoint, but he couldn't play because he wasn't physically able to do the things that he used to do.
1: I wouldn't be shocked a year from now, or a year from next uh, June, July, when free agency starts, I think a lot of us are going to wonder, oh man, I wish we had the money we have tied up in Gibson to go after A, B, C, guys that are available next year. I hope I don't say that. I hope Gibson... He's such a key member of this team and the team has a great season and let's keep the gang together but he's got one of those contracts where i have a feeling a year from now we're going to say man you know gorgie taj those guys that's you know 35 40 million dollars tied up in those two guys it'd really be nice to have that money because they're not going to have money to spend next season but well, if
2: those guys can can get you to a 4 or 5 spot this right. year then you should then, be, we're not then, talking. then
1: you'll be okay with yeah, exactly. that exactly right. then let's let's go we're, okay. we're on our way right um emailer Neil has checked in at the Bradshaw and Bryant inbox. Uh, with the Wolves as young as they are, one could argue they do not need anyone, any more young talent for a few years. Is there any combination of draft choices, two or three first-round picks, that Cleveland would take for Kyrie, and that is that price something the Wolves should consider, uh, seriously consider? The argument, what are you willing to pay for a chance at a finals run? I think Neil's saying, let's take Wiggins off the table, and a clearly, so far... It doesn't appear like Wiggins is on the table in a Wolves trade offer for Kyrie. Um, but if you're Cleveland, well, A, you can't give up a couple draft picks in a row. You, you have to space them out. If, if the Wolves are ready to be a four, five, six team in the West, that's a lower draft pick. I mean, Cleveland's not going to be excited about a couple of 20-something draft picks over the next few years for Kyrie Irving. I think the model is uh, they want a young potential star and a rookie deal maybe a veteran that they can plug in, and then a draft pick or two as well. That's going to be the package they're searching for, and I've, I've said it before. I think Phoenix and Boston both offer compelling packages where Boston's got Brooklyn's pick for still a couple years, uh, potential high picks. Isaiah Thomas is a guy they can dangle who's ready for a new deal, and he's almost 30 years old, and they've got a number of veterans like Jay Crowder they could package. That Again, does Cleveland want to deal with Boston, a team that they're competing with next year? That You can make that argument they don't. Uh, Phoenix has a lot of really young top-five talent, like Josh Jackson, who they just drafted, Eric Bledsoe, a guard who um, can be very good defensively and has played with LeBron before uh, and, and can offer draft picks. So I think those two teams, uh, to me, would be the leaders as to who could offer packages. If you're not putting Wiggins in a deal, you're not – gonna get their attention at all because there's nothing else. They're not gonna say, oh, Gorgie Jang uh Tyus and two number ones, let's go, LeBron. Now you're ready to you're armed and ready for another run in Cleveland. They're just not going to do that. So um no, I don't think multiple first round picks um are going to get Cleveland excited because they want to show LeBron there's reason to stay beyond next season. That's gonna be the story of next year is does LeBron stay in Cleveland? And if not, where does he go? Why I don't get why there's so much um, assumption that he's going to go play for the Lakers. I Why would he go play for the Lakers? He's not going to turn that team around. They're, they are so far away from the top teams in the West, in my mind. Now, if they get Paul George, too, it's LeBron, Paul George, along with all that young talent. Okay, they can maybe compete a little, but I'm still not going to put them ahead of the top three or four teams in the West, I don't think. Unless Lakers, as they're const- constituted right now, without those guys... Show a lot of improvement this season. They're still going to be at the bottom of the West, I believe, this year.
2: Well, that's that's for sure. But if 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 you're the Cleveland Cavaliers and 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 if you can't get someone, you know, like an Andrew Wiggins, and 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 if the Wolves decide not to to trade Andrew Wiggins, you know, you know, let's play. You know, you you still believe you have a team that that can compete and contend, and and without trading Andrew Wiggins, most people saying that this team should be close to winning 50 basketball games. So there's no need to disrupt this thing if you don't have to. But if you're the Cavaliers, if I can't get someone like an Andrew Wiggins in return, I'm not trading Kyrie Irving. No, of course not. And we've... I'm not trading Kyrie Irving to Phoenix. I'm not trading, trading him to Boston. Really? No.
1: Even though he wants out? Even
2: though he wants out. Because I control where Kyrie Irving plays this year. Either he's going to play for me, or if I decide to send him somewhere else. And when I look at what's coming back to me in return, I just don't see enough coming from one of those two teams that you just mentioned that could give me the potential future of what Andrew Wiggins could offer.
1: I would agree. I think on Phoenix, I would disagree on Boston. If if I'm, Danny Ainge, and I say, I will trade you Isaiah Thomas. No, Dan,
2: you said Danny Ainge. I'm talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm no, talking, no. I'm talking
1: about Dan, Dan Gilbert I, now. understand. Okay. And, and his new, uh, shiny new GM. What's his name? Um, you
2: know? I can't remember. Whatever.
1: Nope, it's escaped me. Okay. Um, The new GM. Right. If, but <laughs> if I'm Danny Ainge and I say, all right, Cleveland, I'm going to offer you Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Brooklyn's number one pick next season, which again it's a lottery so even though they're likely to be the worst team you know it's it's likely to be no worse than a top three or four pick next year if I can get Isaiah Thomas Jay Crowder in a top three or four pick and I'm Cleveland I make that deal for a guy that doesn't want to be here he's pretty much told LeBron I don't want to play with you anymore to me that's a toxic situation I don't I don't see them getting along well I think Cleveland's in a really tough spot with Kyrie now, I don't like the idea of trading him to a team that, you know, likely would become maybe better than my team with that deal or certainly one I have to compete with in the East. But I think that's a package that that they're not going to get. Isaiah Thomas was fantastic this past but season. But you don't have to
2: trade Kyrie
1: Irving. Why? He doesn't want to play with right. LeBron. He's basically... I am not Shut the door I that. would I would not
2: give away Kyrie Irving just to give him away. But that's not giving him away, yeah, you Troy. You are giving him away. You're,
1: you're getting an all star guard back at a top three or four pick. How, how, old, is, how old is Isaiah Thomas going to be? He's twenty eight or 29. You say he's gonna be thirty. Well, I don't remember. He's he's, <laughs> he's late twenties right now. Jay Crowley and
2: the number one pick for Kyrie Irving for Boston. And know. Isaiah Thomas. No, I wouldn't do that. Not I, for not for the future.
1: I would do that I, if I, I were I Cleveland. Would, I wouldn't do that.
2: Andrew Wiggins type, potential future that he brings to the table. Yeah. But Bledsoe and uh, who was the other guy from Phoenix that he threw out there? Josh Jackson. The,
1: uh, the Phoenix. Rookie. Phoenix
2: said he's off the table.
1: Well, and the Wolves said Wiggins is off the table. It doesn't mean they will be off the we're table. We're just talking about what we're saying
2: right now. Off the table.
1: Yep. If Josh Jackson is off the if table. If he is, they really If Andrew excited. Wiggins is off the table. Yep.
2: Kyrie Irving, along with myself and LeBron James, we're going to sit down and have a talk. Okay. Dan Gilbert, you know you're the owner of the team. Your new GM whomever we have to bring to the table, if I gotta bring in Kyrie's father, LeBron James's uh team of agents, we have got to sit down. We are not going to trade Kyrie Irving. We can't I believe we can't get the package that we need to get in return to move him. So somehow, some way, as the owner of this basketball team, I need to have a conversation with you two guys to see if we can figure
1: this thing out. Yeah, well I can see that being that's, 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 the... that, that, that's what I would do. Yeah. I can see that and just make sure that you know, maybe it's the the ships have sailed. That there's just no way, but you gotta find out for sure. Uh, emailer Jonathan with a question I'm sure a lot of Wolves fans have, with with Butler telling everyone that he was going to recruit better players than himself to the Timberwolves, which he said at his press conference, I'm gonna do my best to bring better players than me to this team. And if he is actively recruiting Irving, which we've read that both he and Carl Anthony Towns have said, you know, let's get him here, he wonders do the Wolves management risk alienating Butler by not signing Irving. You know, he's openly I mean, openly saying I'm going to try to get him here. He's a buddy of mine. Let's go. And if the Wolves don't make a a reasonable offer, could Butler take that as a sign while well, they're not trying to win? They didn't go after Kyrie. I think that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And there's 30 teams and you know, no, I, don't, I don't
2: I don't think that he would have any any troubles with that because when you look at this this team, this team is could be really good, you know, with the addition of, of Jimmy Butler and, and Jeff Teague. I mean, Andrew Wiggins, you know, has All Star potential. Carl Anthony Towns has All Star potential. So Jimmy Butler is coming, you know, into a situation where he's playing with two young potential, you know, star type players, and you bring in someone like a like a Jeff Teague. You know, this this should be a very good basketball team this year.
1: Yeah, it's such a it's such a tough call from the Wolves side, and we've talked about it for the last few weeks. If you make the deal, Wiggins for Irving, you've got a two-year window where Irving and Butler are signed for two seasons, and you're going against a historically great team in Golden State that's not going anywhere, certainly the next two seasons, maybe the next three or four or five. Do you throw all your cards in with with Kyrie and, and try to compete the next couple years with Golden State? And again, things change so quickly. That's true. You can't look too far ahead. But if you keep Andrew, Wiggins and Towns are signed for five, six years, and and, and Butler, if things are going well, likely to stay. If if things are going well, you lock him up. I don't know. I, you know, we got went off the air a few weeks ago where you kind of talked me into let's let's go after Kyrie and let's play. But the more I think about it, that you know, Irving is such a precocious talent that he does. What does he do to the chemistry of this team to Towns' development? Uh, I don't know if it's the right move. I I like the idea of Teague taking control and seeing if if he can uh, be a suitable replacement for Rubio, maybe adding another point guard here before things are done. I'm, I'm kind of leaning away from the deal now as the, as the weeks go by. And as we said, all accounts are they have not offered Andrew Wiggins. So don't right. worry about Wiggins being upset at being the subject of trade rumors because it's all in the media, it's all on the fan side. As far as the Wolves go, as far as we know, what's been reported Wiggins has not been included in any kind of Kyrie Irving trade deal.
2: Well, if Wiggins is not on the table, well, then there's no need to, to talk about this. I can't see Cleveland taking anything else from Minnesota for a player like, like Kyrie Irving. I mean, Agreed. But if, if you trade Kyrie Irving for Andrew Wiggins or another player from the Wolves, the Wolves are not going to take a step back if Kyrie Irving is on this basketball team. Okay, and no, of course to take a step not. Back. No, of course not. Okay, so I didn't. Say but that. if you and if you keep Andrew Wiggins, there's nothing wrong with that as as well because I'm a I'm a huge Andrew Wiggins fan. We
1: feel like he has not yet and, reached and, the ceiling. And I think that you know you know his game
2: can become better. I think there are a few things here that he can he can get better at. But as an overall talent, you know, as a young overall talent, you know, he he he's just going to stay coming this league today.
1: 914. We'll step away, come back, uh, return to the NFL conversation as uh, uh, we are just, what, five days away from Vikings football. Thursday night on the fan uh, with a six o'clock kickoff in Buffalo. We welcome your Vikings related questions or comments. 651 989 5326 or toll free 800 320 5326. In the zone rolls on right after these.
0: You're in the zone.
1: Great. <clears throat> Wayman Tisdale brings us back as we return in the zone on the fan. Tucker and Sinekin here till 10 o'clock. I thought maybe you'd have a black arm patch on your right arm today, but you don't. sure you're concerned about your gal, Lindsay Whalen, who had surgery on a broken hand. Yeah. Yesterday, out indefinitely. Um, most reports I've read say that kind of injury right by the pinky. On the just below the pinky on the outside of the hand, it's a three to four week uh, recuperation time, which would basically take her out until which hand left the playoffs. Right? You know, I don't remember reading left her. I don't know off the top of my head if it's the left hand she'll play. Well, let's figure that out. How All hard right. is that, Zach? Which hand did Lindsay Whalen break? Google, or as um, if
2: if it's if it's the left hand, and by me knowing Lindsay Whalen as I know her, if they can wrap it up and put some sort of Protection around it,
1: as tough as she is, she would play. Well not right away. I mean, she still has to heal for a few weeks before she, she She would go out there and play. Left hand. It is the left hand. She might still play. No, you don't need to worry. Did you check the record? They're twenty and two. Yeah, I understand. You don't but, need her to play right I'm now. I'm saying you I'm gotta talking, get that healed up a little bit. I
2: know, but you know, they were forced her to sit down, but knowing the way like I know her, if she you know, if they didn't force her to sit down, she would play.
1: Well, I'm sure she would. Yeah. My left hand, just, you know, put some dirt on it and I'm it good up. to go. It's not that big
2: of a thing. I played with broken bones before maybe somewhere or somehow. We just didn't know about them.
1: But she would play. Well, and Simone Augustus, who's missed the last couple games due to personal reasons, and that's a little uh, concerning. But she's back apparently. The the Lynx are back in action tomorrow at Indiana. And Augustus can slide into Whalen's spot in the starting lineup. And I think, um, you know, for where this team is right now, you don't need – Lindsay Whalen until probably the second round of the playoffs, So she should have a good month to uh, heal up that left hand. And as you said, it's not her dominant hand, so it shouldn't be um, a long recuperation. But, you know, neither one of us are doctors, nor do we play them on TV. So we don't know uh, how bad a break it was That's um, true. and all that stuff. But we certainly hope, I know you hope, that your gal Lindsay is back on the court come playoff time for a team that is playing lights out. But you see what happened the other night? Atlanta did not make a basket in the fourth quarter. They didn't make one field goal in the fourth quarter. Two free throws, that's it. That was it? I think they were ahead after three quarters. And the Lynx outscored them something like 23-2 to two or something in the fourth Solid quarter. Solid defense, championship team. You ever heard of that, though? You ever heard of a team not make a basket? No, I've I, seen ha- like, no I haven't. We've seen long stretches, one, Six, they seven, eight, go one eight for
2: 18, two for 20, but not OFA.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's shocking. I mean, that's it's almost hard to believe you can go an entire quarter. Um, so a little um, little bad news for your lengths, but hopefully, as we say. Uh, by but only time, three
2: or four weeks, you say it,
1: right? That's the typical time. For, that's what I've read. Again, okay. Uh, typical recuperation time for that kind of a break. Um, but we don't know how bad it is we at don't, this stage. We don't. And okay. if you were coaching, clearly she should be playing tomorrow night. And getting I was sitting I, I at Average right. minutes of 30. I was sitting um, you I would. would sit her. I would. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm of course, glad. she might try to talk me into it. Sure, she would. Yeah, it
2: might be a tough conversation. You know, but somehow, some way, I would. I would be able to reason, and I think Cheryl Reese will find a way to reason with her as well.
1: The other team that's um, we, obviously the Vikes are in training camp, and they'll play Thursday. The Gophers opened up their practice uh, this past week, and um, PJ Fleck, the subject of an ESPNU series, I, I don't know if it's three or four shows. Uh, did you catch the first segment that aired earlier this week? I meant to DVR it and forgot to. Uh, I love that kind of a a show, getting inside a team. I don't know if you've watched. Uh, do you have Netflix at home? You don't seem like a Netflix kind of guy to me. I'm not. So um, Last Chance You is a, a really interesting documentary on Netflix, which um, goes inside a team. In this case, it's East Mississippi Community College, okay. which is uh, one of those schools that brings in players that have been kicked off their team and are trying to resurrect their football career and get looked at. Um, last year, they had a Florida State quarterback who got gotten kicked off the team. Uh, running back uh, this year, this team in this season has a, a defensive lineman from Penn State who got kicked off the team. A Texas Tech kid, uh, a number of Division One players. And it's really interesting to see all the renegades, everything about bringing them back together, the academic to side, you how, how you can
2: mesh it, make how it they work. can
1: deal with school yeah. as well. It, it's a fascinating program. in season two. I love it. And I look at, you know, this PJ Fleck show is probably, you know, maybe a light version of that. It's probably not quite as down and dirty on Netflix, you know, the F bombs fly. And, and I'm sure on ESPN, you got to be a little careful about that. But what a great recruiting tool. I mean, you can't get a better recruiting tool than a, an a ESPN family, if you will, show um, that takes you inside Minnesota. And, and this is what Coach Fleck and his staff is like day to day you don't get that kind of uh that's good i mean look it's at nice that to so, uh, to,
2: take, to take a look on the inside
1: yeah i would think for for high school kids um that are looking where they want to play and again i don't know what kind of picture fleck paints but knowing just hearing him as we have since he's been hired he's he's so overly positive and so overly enthusiastic and and energetic that i would think that's translating to this show and i i would think it's it's a real coup as far as recruiting uh, kids that may never have heard of Minnesota or considered Minnesota that might be watching this show say man i I play for a guy like that I, I just think it's going to open some doors for them uh, even if it's you know not a great show so if, you, if, if you've if you seen it email me booth at kfan.com let me know what you thought of of uh, segment number one I'm sorry I missed it I would like to watch it I just find it it's on ESPN interesting U? ESPN U. okay I believe which I would think you know, if you've got cable or satellite, I think that's on the it's somewhere standard. Uh, maybe it's not. Maybe yeah. it's a, an extra that you have to pay for. But I just think that's a, a for the Gopher program a really fe- a nice feather in their hat to really, I think, open some doors for them in the next couple years recruiting wise for for kids that might check that out. So the Gophers are practicing and and really just a you know a few weeks away from their first game. I saw that. Uh, game day is coming to Bloomington, Indiana. Got to be the first and maybe last time that's going to happen.
2: I say first and last. First, well, I can understand. But why say last?
1: Well, it's not a football hotbed in Bloomington. I mean, well, why can't this fans don't it? even show up? Now you just, you know, you just made a,
2: st- a statement about how you know this ESPNU uh, segment could open up eyes for young guys around the country to take a look at the University of Minnesota, right? So that did. game day comes to Bloomington. How many kids are watching Game
1: Day? A lot. I think it's
2: okay, a. All of a sudden, now that opens up the eyes to the University of Indiana. Yeah,
1: look at all the empty seats in Memorial Stadium. I think it could it's, change it's, that. It's yeah. a Friday night. It's weird. It's August thirty-one. I believe it's a Friday night Indiana Ohio State game to kick off the season. Like, you know?
0: Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli.
3: I guess. Aha! Uh-huh, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually.
0: Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: I have the four
2: those cupcakes. Cakes. Well, those seats would not be empty. No, probably not. Okay, so it's a... It's a, it's a it's probably good for ESPN to bring game day there because they're going to you know, get the audience that they're looking for. But also now, based on what you uh, were just talking about, how the Gophers could could benefit from, from having a program like this, game day in Bloomington, it could be a huge boost boost for their program as well.
1: Yeah, I suppose. It'll be interesting. It's just unusual to open up a college football season uh, for an Indiana team to play Ohio State. Uh, Is Ohio State down this year? no. Oh, no, they're not downloaded. Yeah. They're number two in the country preseason. All their quarterbacks are gone, right? Uh, apparently not if they're number two in the country.
2: I mean, you know,
1: uh quarter- any ones that we've heard of might be gone. Jones is gone. Jones just got traded to the Chargers. Okay. It okay. might be a good place for him to From go. From Buffalo to, to LA. Uh we're late. We have to pause. I got an email that the Dolphins have signed a quarterback, and it's a name you've heard of, and I'm gonna check it out during the break, and I'll have Zach find some breaking news. Saunders, and we'll talk about that. When we return, In The Zone.
0: You're In The Zone with Dave Senekin and Trent Tucker on... The-
1: We are back at 935 final segment. Today's edition of in the zone. Appreciate you spending part of your Saturday mornings with Trent and me. Um, we got another segment to go before we hand off to uh, the debut of fantasy football weekly for the 2017 season. They are broadcasting live today from new Alm at the shells brewery. So if you're in that part of the state, I know they got a great outdoor setup to watch that show today. And again, two weeks from today will be the annual fantasy football training camp from the Expo Center at Canterbury Park in Shakopee. The boys will be live two weeks from today and then two hours of uh, deep dive inside stuff for those in attendance, not on the air, uh, but for those that are at Canterbury Park. That's on the 19th. That's free of charge um, and uh, lots of fun stuff on tap for the 19th. So make plans to get down to, to Canterbury for that if you want the inside scoop on your fantasy team. I don't think we need the breaking news sounder for this one. Zach, so you can hold off. Um, got an email from uh, emailer Keith. Uh, a Yahoo Sports story that actually was posted 16 hours ago. So what is that, about 5 o'clock yesterday afternoon? A Yahoo Sports story saying that DeJ Cutler signed a one-year contract with the Dolphins for $13 million, but that has not been picked up anywhere else. Uh, there's no Schefter um, following up saying, indeed, it's true or any of the other insiders. I don't see it anywhere except for Yahoo Sports. So I'm going to put that in the the now popular category of fake news until we get any kind of confirmation that that's the case. I think that would be a pretty quick turnaround. They haven't even officially decided what to do with Ryan Tannehill. It seems like, Trent, the most likely scenario is that he has the surgery now to repair the ACL. They gambled and thought maybe uh, it was a partial tear they could get by and and, and get around surgery and, and make him eligible to play this season but when it uh, went out on him earlier this week um, there are all kinds of concerns about whether that knee is stable enough to withstand a season without surgery
2: well, a partial tear of your ACL I, I believe like I said, and, and I'm no doctor but you know, that leads me to believe that you have to have some surgery to, to fix that. Now, a meniscus is, is, is different from what I, I've been told. A meniscus can pretty much almost, you know, heal itself, but a, a ACL tear, you know, you need some work done on that.
1: Too. Yeah, and it sounds like if you read between the lines, um, they're delaying the inevitable. That what, what
2: happened? You got hurt in December, not during the season?
1: No, during the season, yeah. I remember he, okay. um, he missed the playoffs. He missed the last three or four games of the regular season. They were able to get into the playoffs – um, but they certainly were nowhere near as, as good no, without like him. December
2: obviously. football is still going on. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is.
1: I know it, for you as a Viking fan, you were pretty much checked out by oh, December last season. What, but, are you, what, are you, what are you trying But to say there are teams here. that do play 17 games and <laughs> stay competitive. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Cutler will be the the popular name because of his relationship with the head coach and the best season of his career was with Adam Gase in Chicago in 2015. Um, does he come out of retirement to to join Miami? Do they sign Colin Kaepernick? Do they let Matt Moore run the show? Do they find somebody else, make a trade? You could look at, like, A.J. McCarron of Cincinnati as a backup that many believe, or, or Jimmy Garoppolo in New England, although that's within the division. I don't see them Making going a trade there. For that. No, but, but you know, they could offer, you know, make a deal as well as looking for guys that don't have jobs right now. With well, this just in, John Kittner is, is off the table. I think John Kittner, he's Bartolo Colon's age probably by hey, now. hey. You know, the pitched a complete game last night. He certainly did. At forty-four years and change, that's uh, remarkable. And how
2: many young guys? If if someone was able to you know to run the statistics or the stats or whatever or the information line to see how many young players, you know, young pitchers. Uh, this year have have pissed a
1: complete game yeah no it's it's not like it used to be they don't yeah, have guys 45 and, you know he's like Yarm he's Yarm 44 yager. don't don't uh 44 yeah, like don't age him at this point like Yarmil yager right yeah he's doing remarkable hey you can argue that Tom Brady playing at 40 at the level he's playing is just as remarkable if not more so than what Cologne is doing at, at 44. so Vikings play Thursday night I'm curious as a Viking fan to hear I don't know that you'll be watching. You're not a big um, preseason game guy, mind. Yep, Thursday night. What's on the tap for Thursday night? If you were to, I don't really, I don't think anybody really cares what you have a tap Thursday night. I'm sure it's something fun and different and all that. My question though is, if you were to watch, I may watch. What would you be most excited to watch the first time your boys take the field? Because to me, there's an obvious answer. For me, and I'm not a Viking fan. The fan has learned.
2: I like I said, I'm not really big into preseason football. you know the starters may play one play here or there they may come out. so I don't know what i what I would be looking for.
1: I'll tell you in what, a preseason should day. I tell you what you should be looking for? Okay, yeah, if you like. it's obvious to me okay um, dalvin cook to to watch the the running back who is getting the kind of praise from a, a coaching staff that is not given to going overboard. I'm certainly I'm praising rookies from from Zimmer on down the praise that's been lavished upon number thirty three has been off the charts. And I understand it. And again, I've I talked about it. We did the show the morning after the second round happened. And I was very upfront on Twitter the night of the second round, Green Bay's on the clock with the first pick. And I was drooling over the idea of Dalvin Cook joining Aaron Rodgers and suddenly having that kind of a talent along with that passing game. And reports were Green Bay was between Cook and Kevin King, the cornerback and decided to go with the defensive player, which was more of a position of need. And you saw the Vikes trade up as Cook dropped and dropped into the early 40s. And the Vikes trade up to get him. And I thought it was a great pickup. You never know, obviously, college players, how they're going to relate and translate their abilities to the next level. But if you watch Dalvin Cook the last couple of years at Florida State, and most of us have, they're on TV so much, this guy looks like a rare talent at that position. It was all about off-the-field concerns as a youngster mostly, but even a little bit in college, fumble concerns. I mean, there were reasons why he wasn't a first-round pick, but the he's a first-round talent. Oh, my goodness, and not just running the ball as a receiver. For a for an offense that's handcuffed by a, a lousy offensive line, um, not a lot of deep threats to, to keep defenses honest, they're going to need some kind of play-breaking ability out of the running game, and and Cook presents that. And, and if you want to believe what the coaching staff has seen, and for those of you that maybe have noticed it when you've gone down to Mankato, this kid could step right in and become special. At Latavius Murray's injury has moved him down. Cook has an opportunity to step right in and be a, a stud. And I think Thursday night you're going to get your first chance to watch Dalvin Cook do his thing. Again, meaningless game in Buffalo. Maybe they don't even give him a ton of carries that first game. But if I were a Viking fan, that's by far the number one thing I'm anxious to watch Thursday night. There's a lot of other things. Obviously, if Riley Reef with the back injury plays, you can see those two tackles for the first time. And if they look like they can pass block, we know they can run block. Can they pass block? And certainly the defense is the, the uh, identity of this team. And you'll start to watch some of those guys. But for me, I have to believe Viking fans are so excited to watch number 33 Replacing Adrian Peterson, getting a chance to be that that Belkow running back for this team, uh, that has to be the number one thing Viking fans are anxious to watch Thursday. Okay. So now you know what you're going to watch. That's Thursday true. If yeah. If you want, I don't. Know. No. Thanks for the information. How can you not want to see what this kid's got for the first time? And I, I would think they'd give him uh, a few series. uh there's other other backs to to give the bulk of the carries to, and then the first preseason game, and, and in weeks two and three when the starters tend to play a bit more. Uh, you'll get a much deeper look at, at what Cook looks like. But, you know, I'm anxious to watch it. You know, the Packers, I think, play at 7 on Thursday night. So I'll at least catch that first hour of the Vikings game, and oh, and I'll will. be focused on number 30. Hey, it's my job, man. we got a show Saturday morning. That's we got true. To, i got to see what the Vikes look like. But uh, once the the Pack uh, kick off at 7, I will turn my attention that way, of course.
2: Well, thanks for the knowledge.
1: It's what I do. It's no. it's, it's I, I try to be uh, as helpful as possible. How many preseason games this year? Four? There are four weeks after this. uh, We had the one, obviously, Thursday night. That was the extra, the the Hall of Fame game. There will be four weeks of preseason. Is that too uh, many? Yeah, I think the next time they negotiate a deal, we'll be down to two games. I think you'll see if that happens, a lot of teams will pair up and do um, kind of glorified games. But scrimmages with, you know how sometimes teams will bring another team in.
2: Yeah, for practice and stuff like
1: that. Yeah, I could see that then happening where you play kind of a simulated preseason game just to. Can they cut the prices for the preseason game? Can they? Yeah. Sure, they can. Will they? And, no. Of course they won't. They will not do that. Um, there's too much money should to they? be made. Yeah, I think they should. Okay. And I think that's that's why I think ultimately, I think we'll definitely go down from four. It might be three. Um, all you're really doing that final week is probably deciding on a couple roster spots. By that, by after three games, you pretty much know. And this year. They've changed the cutdowns. It used to be you got like ninety some guys in camp or ninety. They cut it to seventy five like on September first and then down to fifty three after that fourth preseason game. They've cut that seventy five thing out. so now they just go from ninety to your fifty three man roster. and it allows you to keep more guys in camp to play in that fourth game and maybe give some borderline guys a chance to to show something that may have, have been cut in recent years now they get to play that fourth preseason game and maybe, uh, they are in a spot, if nothing else, on the practice squad. So it's it's really that there really are two meaningful weeks. Weeks two and weeks three are when your starters get a chance to to play some. But I don't think Rodgers plays much at all. I don't think Nelson plays much at all in the preseason. Uh, on the Viking side, we know Adrian never played, you know, the last few years. Yeah, but the, the Packers are... Uh...
2: A veteran team at, at at some of their key positions, you know, there's no need to play Aaron Rodgers a great deal because he knows what he's doing. You don't need to play Jordy Nelson because he knows what he's doing. How
1: much Sam Bradford do you think needs to be played?
2: Not a whole lot. I mean, because if, if he goes down right now, I mean, you know, there's a it could be a huge drop-up
1: between him and the guy that's backing him up. You're not I ready believe. for the Case Keenum era to start in the well, Twin Cities? Well, I mean,
2: you know, you, you spent a lot of money to get Sam and – and you want to make sure that you don't put him in harm's way. We all know that, that injuries can happen to anyone at any time.
1: And he does have a, a definitely an injury history with the ACL. We know that.
2: But you want to, you know, but you want to be as cautious as you can with someone like that to make sure that you can
1: get him to game number one. Yeah, no doubt. I, I don't think he'll get a ton of play either. I don't think he should. And you know, we always focus on the offensive side of the ball. But you know, if I'm the Vikes, I feel the same way. You know, Everson Griffin, you know what you got. Xavier Rhodes just got paid. Uh, you know what you got with him Uh, you don't need to play them much I don't think we'll see them at all Thursday I think you'll see him for a couple series the next week maybe into the second quarter week three you do want to get some reps and 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 ready to to be hit for the opener but um, yeah you're not going to see much from the starters so that's why Thursday night week one you know you're looking at I want to see my rookies for the first time I've heard all about these rookies I want to see them for the first time. Cook obviously headlines that group, but Elfline's been playing center first team. You want to see if he, you know, again, a center just needs to do his job and not get noticed. And you're going to say, all right, he acquitted himself. Well, as long as there's no fumbles or, or he doesn't get pancaked and, and get his quarterback hurt, but you want to see your rookies play. And then you want to see a guy like Treadwell, you know, who's hurt right now. If he plays, does he show something Does so did the light bulb turn on from year I mean, one But also, two?
2: you know, the question, you know, I, I think there's a, a bigger question with, with guys that you're looking to see something from. You know, rookies, first-year players who didn't play a lot the year before, who are they playing with? And if they're playing with guys who are, who are not up to a, a certain level where they can put them in positions to be successful, then it's hard to judge, you know, what you may have on the field going forward and you take a kid like Treadwell, we didn't see a, a lot of him last year, but if you put him on on the field with guys who may not make the team, then you're not going to see a lot from training camp or preseason as well.
1: No, that's a good point. If he's playing with a third team, you can't you know garner too much out of that. I talked about last week, I feel like the biggest, most important second-year player for the Vikings is Mackenzie Alexander with a chance to step in to the role that Captain Munderland played, and maybe even Terrence Newman, who's, you know, playing cornerback at the age of nearly 40, and there's a, a drop-off can happen quickly at cornerback because it's all about speed. A big chunk of a cornerback uh, and their potential is about speed, and Newman is way up there. So there's a, a real good chance for Alexander, the former Clemson star, to step in with an opportunity. So, again, Viking fans, I would think, will be focused on him. I would think he'll get a lot of reps with the starters and, and nickel, and you want to see if he looks like he's ready. You know, with Rhodes being your quote-unquote shutdown corner, then what? Trey Waynes, is he going to take another step? You got to worry about a contract to. with
2: him soon? But I mean, you want, you want all your guys to, to to take another step. You know, you can't worry about, you know, the contract situation. You know that, hey, if, if guys become better, then you have to make a decision. You know, can you afford them to pay the type of money that they are looking for or the money that they need, that they, 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 they should make? Uh, but to be a good team you you need for your key players especially your young key players to get better every single season and if and for sure you know Trey Waynes took a, a nice step this year you know, but the Vikings like to see him take another step as they get ready for this season because the better he becomes
1: the better we become it was a um, as we know a crazy year last year to start five and0 and finish three and eight. And, um, and fall out of the playoffs. I was singing their
2: praises, boy. Well, you know everybody that? was, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's understandable. Everybody was. Um, Except for you. Well, I just, you know, I was. <laughs> it's a long season. That's the Mike Tice quote. It's a long season, and you can't count uh, Green Bay out, even if they're four and six. And I was ready to count Green Bay out I, at, yeah. at four and six. It, it, I wasn't. It wasn't I mean, just. Well, it wasn't just that. It wasn't just the record. It was watching the two games that stand out for me were the Colts game and the Titans game. Colts game was at home and then they went down to Tennessee back to back and they weren't competitive. It, it, I hadn't seen a Green Bay team led by either Favre or Rogers look that uncompetitive in back-to-back weeks. It was bad enough to see it in Indy. All right, they're mad now. So next week in Tennessee, they're going to show uh, that was not, a, but then they were just as bad. And it I happens, it just felt like, well, this is just not going to happen this year. So, at that point, I was as down on my team as I've been in a long time. And then Aaron said, you know, I think we can run the table, and we know what happened from there. It's just you can't get too high, you can't get too low, I guess is where I'm going. And you can't get too excited or too down on your team because things change at the blink of an eye. And so, you know, what is the real Vikings team? Is it that team that was 5-0 and or the one that finished 3-8? and Is it something in between? And what are you, what are your expectations? I mean, I think most Viking fans expect this team to contend for a playoff spot.
2: Oh, No doubt right? about it. I mean, the, sure. division, the division, yeah. you know, you certainly or say division championship. I, I, I you know, that's, that's the mindset that I would take into the season. And, and most athletes believe that, Hey, you know, things may not be going well at this stage, you know, but when I look around at the guy who was either sitting to my left or to my right, I should know whether we have the talent to get this, get this job done or not. Now, Do we have the mental fortitude to put the work in every day, you know, to make sure that we put ourselves in a good position? And Aaron Rodgers, you know, the mindset, hey, we have talent on this team. Things are not going well at this stage. There are a few things here or there that we need to correct from a mental standpoint to get ourselves back on track. And, And that's how, you know, guys at that level who have been there before, that's how they think. They never think things are over until it's over.
1: Yeah, I guess for me, when you talk, when I talk about the Vikings, I'm most interested to see, you know, it felt like there was some grumbling about how Zimmer handled some things last season. Did he lose, in quotes, parts of the locker room for some of the way he um, challenged the players? But I, I, and, think, and I is think there the some holdover to I that? I think
2: the comment he made after the Philadelphia game, had some sort of a negative effect on this football team going forward. And, you know, as a head coach, you have to know the personalities on your team. And sometimes you have to make sure that you deliver the right message after a tough loss. I know frustrations uh, can begin to set in. Uh, The team may not have competed or executed the way that you thought they should have. But you, as the leader, you have to make sure that you deliver the right message to keep these guys moving forward and it's a it's more than just you know the x's and the O's of a head coach it's all about how do I manage the situation that I'm in
1: yeah, I mean though he's one of the older head coaches, we all know he waited a long time, probably way too long to get his first shot as a head coach. He's still learning uh, how to push the right buttons. that's not something that just comes to you. you learn and and I'm sure he would do a couple things differently. Yeah. Uh, if you speak to him in a closed room with no microphones around, he'd probably admit to that. Um, so now he's kind of under the pressure cooker a little bit because there are expectations, and this is a kind of a pivotal season because you don't know what you're doing with the quarterback spot after this year. Both Bridgewater, uh, now if if Teddy does not play at all, I don't think he's a free agent. He'll he'll still be under contract next year. But Bradford is a free agent after this year, so there's going to be a huge decision to be made about Bridgewater. And Bradford, that they're going to have to get to. And again, they don't have to make that now, but it's sort of underlying everything because that is where, obviously, a team starts is that position. Well, it's up to Sam
2: Bradford. If he plays well, then he puts the Vikings in a position where they have to make a difficult
1: choice. If he doesn't play well, it's an easy easy decision for them. Well, I hear uh, Carlos playing behind us. I guess our time is up. Next Saturday, we can actually talk about the first Viking. Preseason games. I expect you to watch at least the first half. And Packers? You don't have well, that's not on TV for you, so you don't have to watch the Packers. I'll take care of that for you. Oh, okay. But check out Dalvin Cook and your I Vikings, uh, at least for the first quarter, first half, and uh interested to hear your thoughts next Saturday. I would bring this to the table. For Zach Halverson for Trent Tucker, I'm Dave Sinekin. Stay tuned. Fantasy Football Weekly is next. Until next Saturday morning, have a wonderful week. Peace
0: out